You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You are tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros Podcast. Happy Women's History Month to you all. I wanted to come on and share a couple of tips, tricks, and thoughts to keep in mind as we use our language this month and beyond. There are a lot of ways that women show up in conversations in our actual language and in our posture. And I wanted to share a few reminders with you guys as we move forward in that. Ways for you to own your power and things to keep in mind if you find out that you aren't at this time. So as always, we're going to get into the power punch of the week, and then we'll get into the episode. Sorry, I often apologize before I speak, but I won't be doing that anymore. I hope you can understand. All right, so if I was posting, like, you know how you see them Instagram poets, this would definitely be that three lines straight to the point. And it's kind of ironic what's happening here. And so the subject of this piece is kind of talking about how they're not going to apologize anymore, but they start with an apology and saying sorry. And it also ends with a question of apology, and I hope you can understand. And while not all women speak this way, think this way, apologize, or are apologetic even when they make a statement or are taking up space in a room, I do think that that can be a default that a lot of us have. And that was kind of the inspiration behind Power and Pros, right? Me, myself, I am this subject in certain spaces, in certain rooms, depending on who's around. I feel like I need to qualify what I'm about to say or I need to have a hook or end to what I'm going to say to kind of prove its validity. And when you think about how that can be passed down from how we hear other women speak, how we hear those around us, simply our bosses, our friends, our mothers, our grandmothers, there's just a certain way that it was acceptable for women to speak, especially when they're speaking to those who are not their counterparts. And as time has gone on, as women have gained bigger spaces in society as a whole, you start to see that that's torn down. There are so many women, I can't even begin to name all of the women who literally own their power every time they speak. They don't ask for permission. They don't qualify what they have to say as if they're not qualified to be in the room. And it's accepted, even when it's not accepted what they're saying, that they're standing firm on the stance that they said what they said. And I think that is a powerful thing that I just want everybody in the Power and Pros community to reflect on. Do you apologize when you speak? Even if it's not blatantly said, I'm sorry, or my bad y'all, or however it may come out of your mouth, is it how you end what you say? Do you end with a question mark? Do you give visual cues if you're talking over Zoom, FaceTime, in person with people that kind of gives that I'm not exactly sure how you're going to take this type of vibe? 
everybody should just kind of be aware of that, especially if you are a listener of this show. The main goal, not just for those who listen, but I think for women in general, is to own your space, to hold your power in your hands and display it. We are called to be those who are a light. We're called to shine, to not cower away, to not hide. And a lot of times, because of how society just is kind of built up, there is an expectation that women are presented in a certain way. And then when you add all of the the intricacies of being a black woman in society and how when we use our voices, there's a certain way that it's perceived. There's a certain way that it could not be um, taken well. And I think that that's another layer that's added or an obstacle that we have to climb or that we choose not to climb when it comes to owning our voice and speaking up. So I really just wanted to come on with that and say that even though in that piece, the speaker felt like they were making a statement that was progressive, they felt like they were owning their voice in that moment, there were still these these moments of, of cowering. There were still these moments of not being sure of what they were saying or how what they were saying was going to be accepted by those who were listening. And that is kind of something that we need to be conscious of every day in our language no matter who we're talking to it really really works for our benefit to care less about how people are going to think about things and I think that's not necessarily to be rude or to just say how we're going to say and not think about the impact versus the intent of the words that we speak but for the message to even get out that can be a blocker for some of us and so that's the power punch and the provocation for this week is to think about how you show up and to own how you show up. As the seasons change outside, I wanted to talk about how we can change on the inside. You can either fall back or you can spring forward. When we spring forward using our voice, we feel confident, we feel empowered, and we can share our message that much better. However, when we fall back, we don't feel as empowered and it robs us of the joy of standing fully in who we are. Use these things that I'm going to outline to check yourself when you're about to enter a Zoom call for work, if you're going on an interview as you're looking for a new job, or as you're talking to friends, if there's just a certain energy that you feel has shifted and you see yourself kind of disengaging, this is a way for you to check what's happening. And so if you are falling back, not owning your power, not being the light that you are, and not standing on what you say, you're usually hypersensitive of your appearance. That is one of the number one things that can paralyze us. We are worried about how we're going to be perceived, not by what we say. We actually have confidence in what we're going to say. It's our look that we started to get over consumed with. If you're on a Zoom call, it can be the lighting. If the framing is right in your camera shot, um, if the background is being viewed too much or too little, all these things. If your camera's off at all and you think maybe I just shouldn't speak because people can't see me once I start to talk and that those things really don't matter 
they can add for sure to what you're saying. But in the true essence, I believe that there's so much value in what we say. We're all intelligent and all of our points of view are so different from those around us that when we speak, it adds that point of view to the conversation. It can truly shift anything that you're talking about. If you talk about music with your homies, it can change that conversation. But if you start to get worried about how you look, which I feel like we do less with friends, of course, but especially in the workspace, as we're on Zoom all day and all of these things, there's moments when, especially when I've had like CEOs on calls and things like that, and I'm wearing a hat or something, it's like, let me not draw attention until I wash my hair, child, because until then, I need to just lay low for a second when that is opposite from the truth. Every time that we are engaging with other people, it's an opportunity for us to stand fully in the power that we have. And what is truly unique about those moments is that we don't know when we're going to get them again. You don't know when you're going to be on a call with this set of people. You don't know what calls these sets of people have once they hang up with you that they could bring up your name in those rooms. You could get an idea that is shared with those people and it really could set up the trajectory of a project that you're working on, even if it's a passion project, any of those things. And I think that appearance is a major way that we fall back. And so that's one thing if you are hyper aware of how you look maybe you start with camera off and you just attack at that moment and then as you on the days you feel good and you feel confident in how you're presenting yourself and you can speak on those days and then eventually you'll build up a habit and a cadence where no matter how you're presenting yourself if you are just to the nines or if you're giving three or four energy you'll feel confident saying what it is on your heart that you feel you need to say A second way that we fall back is that we're uninformed on the topic. And I believe that a lot of times we think it's smart when we don't know what we're saying to not speak. And while that is biblical, I also know that it's biblical to ask for the Holy Spirit for guidance. When we're on calls, you could pray before your day and ask for wisdom to carry you throughout the day. And most of the time when we have a question, Another person has that same question. Most of the time when we are wondering what's the next step, somebody else is also unclear on what the next step is. And so not only does speaking up bring you the clarity that you seek, but it also opens up the space for others to do the same thing. And that's always what I speak about and preach about here on PMP is that when you stand in your authentic power, when you own your authentic voice, you unintentionally give other people permission to do the same thing and this year we're anchoring everything in permission and the thing about permission is that it's something you can give yourself you don't need a license or a green light from anybody else if it is you and God doing this thing then you have the right to move forward so being uninformed on a topic contrary to popular belief is not a reason to fall back that being said you do want to ask your questions in an informed way you don't want to um, show yourself in a way that would invalidate you know what I'm saying you as a person and all those type of things so you definitely want to take our opportunities to speak with importance And that we're not just speaking just to speak. So I want to make sure I'm clear on that. And that's not what I'm asking us to do. But I do think there's usually a window in every conversation where it is open to 
questions. It's open to provocation. It's open to poking holes into an idea and a thought process on how we're doing something. And it is welcomed. So I don't want us to fall back from those moments because they can truly foster growth and it gives us space to practice using our voice without having to have that groundbreaking thought-provoking idea that'll really shake up a room it's simply putting a thought out there and you could really open up the floor for somebody else to have that idea but you were a part of getting to that answer so falling back when you're uninformed on a topic is another way that we usually rob ourselves of opportunities to use our voice The final way that we fall back, and I do this a lot, is simply not believing that we should be in the room. When you find yourself somewhere, that's where you're supposed to be. It's not an accident. Nothing happens by happenstance. And so each and every time you are on a call, if you are in a meeting, if you are on comments in an Instagram post, Don't feel like you do not have the right to be there, especially as black women. I used to grab that seat in the back. I used to love, if I went to a conference, that back right, that was my jam. That is where I hung out. That is where I be. That's where I reside, okay? And I used to sit there. I used to take my notes. Sometimes I would be super actively engaged. And once we got to the end of the conference or the end of the question section of the speaker's time on stage, then maybe I raise my hand. Then maybe I submit places used to have you submit a question on Twitter and they would answer from the audience on social media and stuff like that. I would wait until the very end. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I got the groove. I done been at this event for two hours. I think I'm supposed to be here now. And now I'm feeling engaged. I built up my courage and my awareness and my confidence. And by the time I want to engage, the time of engagement is over. I have fallen back so much that I robbed myself of the enjoyment and the pleasure of being in that moment as fully as I can be. And we do that a lot, even in a virtual space. If you're on a Zoom with a lot of people and you aren't on that first screen, falling back, never speaking up in that moment, never having our video on, joining late even, and not being able to get the full experience of any moment that we're in, simply off the thought that you're not on the itinerary or you're not on the flyer for the event or that somebody else sent you the link. If you're at work, you're thinking about how you're not as senior as somebody else. What value can you add? All of these things, again, that are irrelevant because if you are there, you're meant to be there. That's it. That's the point blank, the period, the beginning and the end. And so each time that we fall back off of a false narrative, it gets really dangerous because that narrative that is false, we start to believe is the truth. And that truth that we then have accepted actually doesn't align with the truth that the word tells us. And so when you are operating in two quote unquote truths that don't align, it adds to confusion and it furthermore pulls you away from the confidence that we've been called to in the spirit. And so it's really, really, really important to to note when you have those thoughts. As I said, I still have them. You won't just erase them by listening to this podcast. I wish that I could do that for you. However, awareness is our biggest advocates 
awareness. Once you have the awareness that you even do that, you can start to pick up times when you do it. You can start to pick up if it's a certain person that makes you do that or if it's a certain subject. Maybe when you're on calls for Bible study or something like that and you don't feel as knowledgeable about the Bible, maybe you choose not to speak then. And I would urge you and challenge you that in those moments when you feel the most inadequate, the most unqualified, tap in. If somebody says, put an emoji, if drop the emoji, that is the simplest thing. You don't even have to use words. Plug in to those moments when you could say something. If you're on a work call and somebody says something smart, say, wow, love that. I do that all the time. I will say I love that to something in a minute because I didn't have to speak. However, I'm proving and reminding that I'm here, that I'm engaged, that I'm in the room, that I heard that thought. I thought about it and I decided that I like it. And again, it just kind of builds a habit. So that way, by the time I have a thought, I can also love that. And I love it so much that I decide to speak on it. And so falling back, because you don't believe that you need to be in the room, unacceptable. Not doing that, not in 2021. We're not giving ourselves permission to fall back. Instead, spring forward into our power, into all that we are. There are gonna be moments when we don't feel as as on top of the world as we can, where we don't feel like what we have to say is so groundbreaking. On the other side of that, you're building confidence. On the other side of that, you're building recognition. People are going to be able to understand your voice, your cadence, your stance on things, and you won't have to over explain or over compensate in order for you to show up, in order for you to be understood. It'll just be a known fact that when Des says this, she means that. Or if somebody asks a certain question, they're going to say, Des, I know how you feel. And you won't even have spoke on that topic. They'll just know. Because they're used to you showing up. They'll start, it'll start to be understood. And so when we think about falling in, I think there are three things that we can do as we build up the practice to make it a little bit easier. The first thing, ask a question. When you ask a question, like I said before, it really opens up the floor for others to speak. But sometimes people pose a question back to you that allows space for you to be in dialogue with other people you build relationships with others and you're solving a problem together and those three things happening at the same time are more powerful than i think we understand especially in a workplace especially in a workplace so asking a question is super, super important. And it's simple to do because initially, if a person doesn't ask you a question back, it's really on them to insert further thoughts. However, you were the first stone in that part of the conversation. And that's a power move as well. The second thing we can do to fall in to using our voice is repeat versus defeat. That kind of comes in When we think about that love that comment that I shot out, you can simply repeat a thought and I wouldn't do it for the sake of redundancy. I think there are points when something can be redundant. The horse has been beat and there's nothing else to say, but there are gaps in conversation, especially as we're looking in a, in a zoom world, people trying to figure out the right time to interject and things like that, where you can build upon a thought. And most times I feel we fall back when we think that something's already been said. 
when you can't add in your unique perspective, that the perspective that's been presented is the one for the group. When you accept that, it you feel a defeat that you have no other value to add to the conversation. And more times than not, that's not true. When you begin to say, yeah, I love that. And building upon it, I also was thinking it opens up a whole new realm for the conversation, but you started by building the bridge to the last thought. And so repeat versus defeat is a mindset that we can have that further proves the point that no matter what you have to say and when you have to say it, there's value, number one. And no matter who spoke before you, there's value as well. And it also kind of removes that mindset that you have to be defeated at one point in a conversation and then you can't add anything else for the remainder of that. Most of the times we fall back early in a conversation and it sets us up for defeat for possibly an hour or more, depending on how long you're engaging in a conversation with someone. And that type of defeat, experiencing that for such that amount of time, and if you do so repeatedly, it can be damaging to our authentic voice and push it back so far that it takes a lot more effort to pull it out again. It takes a lot more trust to pull it out again. And so simply repeat, Versus defeat can be a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful tool to engage in. The final thing that I'm going to leave you guys with as we spring forward into using our authentic voice is to get it in early. Get it in early. I have found so many times when I don't want to say something again, especially at work, when I'm thinking about if I'm junior. If the senior person on the phone needs to say something or X, Y, Z. And while that can be true at times, definitely take a scope of who you're talking to and things like that. I have also found that some CEOs or some who are higher up in my company want to talk last. They don't want to steal the show and they know that all eyes are on them. So in that time, they intentionally fall back so that others can rise up and feel empowered to use their voice. Most times when we are encountered with those moments, we don't take advantage of them. And it goes back to us falling back because we feel like we're not worthy to speak at that time. So to spring forward, flip that thought. Say, you know what? Maybe we're going to build on what I have to say. However, this is what I thought when I first saw that. This is what I thought when I first heard that. Based on this last conversation, I began to think about this. Something that I saw on TV last night might be useful here. And as you start to add in those things, it can open up conversation for everyone. And again, give that permission to other people. Also, if that's too intimidating or anxiety inducing we've been talking about anxiety here on the show you also have gotten your point early enough where if you need to fall back or take a moment to regroup you have the space to do that it is more more and more beneficial to speak early in a conversation and maybe others take the convo on a road and a path that continues as opposed to at the end of a call, you're trying to find a moment to say something before everybody hangs up. It's the last two minutes and there's nothing that you have to say or people are going back and forth because somebody's asked a question and there's no good time for you to interject. And so finding that time early to speak up is really empowering for yourself and then can be empowering for other people who may be looking for the time to say what's on their mind as well. And so 
that is what I have for you guys. Please, this month and moving forward, think about the power in your words. When you have thoughts, you have things that you journal, and those things deserve space in this world. We are not given voices to hold them alone. We're not. We're not. We're not. And you can even embody these as you speak to God. As you speak to God, sometimes we don't pray because we fall back with Jesus. We feel like, well, you know everything, so and it stops our communication with him. We think, well, I don't know enough about what you're calling me to. So I just wait on you to speak to me when he really wants you to spring forward and engage with him about what he's told you to do. We start to get worried about how we're going to look if we do what God's instructed us to do. And that makes us fall back when really he's saying, I can make you appear exactly as I need you to for the people that I'm sending you to, that you'll shine more than rubies okay we are literally called to be the light i recently finished reading exodus i read all of exodus um over the month of february and a little bit of march and in doing so i was highlighting a lot of things about when moses felt empowered to speak when god told him to speak when aaron and moses went on an instruction that god said versus when moses did it alone and y'all know the story moses was not trying to hear what god had to say he didn't think he was supposed to be in the room he didn't understand why he was the one that was sent to free those that god told him to free and Initially, he met opposition. If we're being real, Pharaoh didn't care what Moses had to say or the call on his life. And that really, really caused Moses to have to seek inward and ask the question, am I going to fall back or am I going to spring forward into everything that God promised I can have once I align myself with his will and his instruction? And so if you read the beginning of Exodus, you'll see a lot more questions. You'll see a lot more of Moses not being sure of himself and as you get to the end chapter 34 you'll start to see work being done you'll start to see delegation happening you'll start to see that others feel empowered to do the move that people will freely give things that they have because they see Moses doing that same thing and you'll also see the commandments come later in Exodus and you don't get to the commandments if Moses didn't pose those questions if he didn't have those moments of being candid with God and using our voice and knowing that we can be candid knowing that we can be real it really starts to shift how we can spring into who God has called us to be we repeat things we're called to pray and petition daily constantly all the time so we come to God with something and we repeat it even when we don't see it in our lives Versus accepting defeat and thinking maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe he forgot. Maybe my faith shouldn't be used in this way. No, repeat versus defeat. That can also be used in our prayer language. Getting it in early. When I wake up in the morning, have my devotional time, have my quiet time with God, I pray a lot different than if I try to get it in in the middle of the day or honestly at the end of the day and I have different moments where I pray for sure but that time in the morning is so special because when I get 
in early. I spring into it in a different way. My mind isn't fogged and bogged down with the things of the day that have happened or text messages, things on social media that I can see that might kind of shift my focus a little bit. My focus is set early in the morning and I 100% fall back when I'm worried about how it's going to look if I pray about a certain thing I used to not pray about a boo y'all and I want a boo okay but I used to not pray about it because I'm like how does that make me look I could be asking God for solving world peace or world hunger or homelessness and all these things I'm over here praying about a dude like you know but being hypersensitive about your appearance actually creates a block between you and the father he already knows what you're thinking about anyway so why not bear it before him come to him as real and as raw as you can being uninformed about a topic who better to get knowledge from than god so all the ways that we fall back are invalid when we think about all the ways that we can spring forward and spring forward mightier full of power, having a wider range when God is on our side. And we feel that much more empowered to do the things that he's called us to do. Springing forward can also make you feel good. In those moments when you feel like you aren't hearing from him, you've built up such a practice and such a cadence that your faith is that much stronger. It doesn't necessarily need every step to be detailed for you to do what you need to do. And you can see that through the trajectory of Moses' growth. You see in the beginning, he's having much more conversation with God. There's a lot more back and forth. There's a lot more questions. And you see those fallback characteristics that I kind of outlined in this episode that Moses embodies. And once we get later in his life, you see his stance change. He's confident. He knows who he is. He knows who he's called to work with. And eventually he doesn't question God but he begins to request things he begins to repeat well if you we're your children and you've promised x be with us if you don't go with us we don't want to go he starts to repeat things to God versus accept defeat on the things that he can see in front of him and how much more powerful is the story because of that posture that Moses had I would love to hear from you guys as you evaluate ways you can spring forward and ways that you've fallen back. Shoot me an email at powerandpros at gmail.com and let your girl know. You can also keep up with the show on Instagram at powerandprospodcast. Be sure to sign up for the Pros and Praise Pages newsletter. The link is in the show notes. I've gotten great feedback so far. Thank you to all those who are subscribed. It has been a great journey. We've had five newsletters go out so far. It is a bi-weekly newsletter. And I've shared Bible plans so far, journal prompts, poems, and YouTube videos. So be sure to subscribe for that a way for us to connect and build community outside of the podcast episodes i am so appreciative of y'all i am excited to continue on this journey of owning our power and our voices together and i look forward to hearing from you guys see you on the next one